Hello everyone, this is Rich Sports Talk, Sports Talk Worth a Million, and I'm your host, Nolan Rich. And of course, we are talking the NBA today, going to be talking about the New York Knicks and what they might be doing as we head in toward the NBA draft, but I wanted to start with my reaction to Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Now, there's a lot to digest from last night's game. Did the Warriors take it too easy during the regular season, and could losing home court advantage in the finals come back to hurt them? I don't really think so. Did the Raptors play an incredible game, and did Toronto have an incredible crowd? Absolutely. And is this good for the NBA? Absolutely. The worst thing for the NBA would have been for the Warriors to come out and absolutely smoke the Raptors in Game 1. At least now there is some intrigue even though I'm one of those people that still believe that this will be a five or six game series for the Warriors. But one thing that people aren't really talking about, and we're talking a little bit about it, but we're not really talking about the elephant in the room, and that's Kevin Durant. Where it looks like now he probably won't play in game two. They're projecting he comes back middle of the series, probably game three or game four. If you're the Warriors and you want to keep Kevin Durant... This actually is a blessing for you in disguise. People are saying, well, wait a minute. How is this blessing in disguise? Here's why. The worst thing, if you were the Warriors and you wanted to keep Kevin Durant, is if you ripped through the Raptors. If you had rolled through the Raptors without KD, then people would say, oh, see? Warriors didn't need Kevin Durant. They just mowed through everyone. They may look easy. Kevin Durant is well aware. We've seen this before with the burner Twitter accounts, how he's reacted to people criticizing him in the media. We know he has the rabbit ears up at all times. And we know he's been hearing that people are saying, man, this Warrior team, they look fun. They look better without him. Steph, wow, he looks better without KD. But here's the thing. KD is like all of us. He wants affirmation. And I can understand that. Like, think about you. In your workplace, don't you want to feel important? Isn't it kind of a nice feeling where at your job, if you go away, like let's say on vacation or you're sick for a couple days and things don't go well at the office, aren't you selfishly a little bit happy about that saying, man, I'm really valuable. But you go away for two weeks and things get better when you're not there. You look at yourself and say, man, do they really need me? Am I really that important? Everyone, we all want to feel important. We're human. We're a little bit selfish that way. We want to feel important. The universe doesn't revolve around us, but we would like to think it does. And for Kevin Durant... Wouldn't it have been awkward if, let's say, Golden State swept the Raptors in four convincingly, or even in five now, if they win the next four games in a row and do it convincingly, and he's on that float in the parade? You don't think that'll feel a little bit awkward? I'm just along for the ride here. And the narrative has been across the NBA And you can see people trying to write the narrative that, oh, he has to leave to win a title. He joined this great team, and he couldn't win a title without joining a great team. 
and for Kevin Durant, I don't understand why he would leave. He would get more money with Golden State. He has a brand new arena next year. He's on a great team that can win multiple championships over the next five, six years. He's got a great coach. He's got a great team around him. And he wants to go to the Knicks, who I'll get to in a minute, who are considering trading the number three pick, have been utterly dysfunctional. I mean, they've been a complete mess. And to me, New York doesn't make sense to me. Everyone, I think... Everyone keeps pushing Durant to New York is because they want Durant New York because they want more competitive balance. And I can understand that. But I don't get it, especially because I'm here in the New York area. I understand the media. And for people who aren't around in the New York media, it is intense. This media is intense. And guess what? They will scrutinize you, which is something Kevin Durant doesn't really handle really well. I mean, we're in the middle of, we're at the end of May, right? Heading into June. And I turn on the sports talk radio, and they're talking about games in baseball right now. And if a guy walked a bar in the ninth inning, they're getting crucified on sports talk radio. What happens when Kevin Durant loses a playoff game or misses a big shot late? I think there'll be a little bit of a, maybe a one-year grace period, if he's lucky. But I don't get how he could deal with the scrutiny of the media because he's in a media market now that loves him in Golden State, that loved him in Oklahoma City. So I never got that. But if Kevin Durant wants to stay with the Warriors or the Warriors want him to stay, this is shaping up to be what it is, what you want for him to stay. Because he'll feel important. Could you imagine if they go down 0-2? Or they even go back to Oracle 1-1, but it was a close game in Game 2. Durant comes back on the floor, and then they just smoke the Raptors for the next three games. Won't Kevin Durant look in the mirror and say, this team really did need me. We saw the difference when I was on the court, when I wasn't on the court in this finals. I want another championship. And man, this feels good. I feel important. As opposed to if they rip through the next couple games and he doesn't come back to game four or game five. People are going to say, hey, they didn't really need you, KD. They really didn't need you. So the loss last night might have actually been a blessing for the Warriors. Because if this team had swept the Raptors, I think Kevin Durant would have been as good as gone. Because he listens to people. He listens to people. He says he doesn't, but he really does. And they would have said, oh, see, Kevin, that Warrior team you joined, they didn't need you. But now, it's up perfectly if he wants to stay in Golden State or vice versa if Golden State wants to keep him. That if he comes back and they rip through the Raptors, and I still think Golden State's going to win this series, maybe in five or six games now, but I would not be worried about it yet if I was a Warrior fan. But now Kevin Durant, you have to think he feels a little bit good about that loss. It's like I said, if you were a worker and you left your office and things didn't go well when you left, you come back and you feel, you know what? No, it's not great for them, but man, I feel a lot better because they really needed me. And that's how it's setting up for Kevin Durant. Speaking of Kevin Durant and the Knicks... 
We all know Nick fans were hurt when they didn't win the draft lottery, and I did a whole podcast about how the new lottery system, I don't think it solved the tanking issue. That's available wherever podcasts are available. I just said it tweaked the tanking issue, but I digress. So according to multiple sources now, the New York Knicks are looking to trade the number three pick, and one of the teams rumored are the Atlanta Hawks trading their eight and ten picks to move up to the Knicks number three. And the report is that the Knicks front office is saying that they are looking for complimentary pieces for whatever superstar they are potentially going to land this offseason. Uh, okay. If the Knicks are going to trade the number three pick for anything, and even though I'm not the biggest fan of his, it should be for Anthony Davis, a bona fide star for that New York market. I've talked to a lot of people who know basketball. And I said, what do you think about this draft class? And they said, there's three great players. Zion, Morant, and of course, uh, R.J. Barrett. Those are the three big players. After that, there's a lot of nice players, but it could vary. Just look at the mock drafts. One, two, and three pretty much are all set. After that, You look at the fourth pick, you can get 10 different options. This is not the NFL draft. We're trading back and getting more pieces and players is a great idea. This is the NBA, where one player can change the course of a franchise. And I understand the Knicks didn't get that guy on Zion, but are we forgetting that R.J. Barrett's a very good player? I mean, he's a good shooter, a good wing And I love Zion Williamson, but the one thing I would be concerned about is his shooting in the NBA. I think he can develop a shot. R.J. Barrett, I think, is going to be a very good scorer in the NBA. He's going to have a three-point shot. He fits what this game is going to. And he scored 22 points a game last year on a team where you had Zion. You had a lot of big stars on that team. I mean, this wasn't a guy who went to a program and he was going to get 30 a night because he didn't have a second guy. He had a second, third, and fourth, and fifth guy at Duke. I mean, Barrett, we forget, coming out of high school, Zion had all the hype, but Barrett was the highest-rated player. I mean, we forget that, right? So if you're the next, unless you're getting Anthony Davis, why are you trading that pick? Why are you trading that three pick to move back to get a couple of guys. Knicks, your roster is just a bunch of guys. Just look at your last few draft picks when you've been in the mill. You just got a couple guys. They're nice players, but are they superstars or transformative players? No. I think R.J. Barrett could be a transformative player. And if you trade that number three pick to get Anthony Davis, he's definitely a transformative player. But the issue is, why are you trading for 8 and 10 if this is true? I mean, the Knicks are completely dysfunctional right now. Unless the superstar came in and said, I want these players, but I think a superstar would rather have Barrett on the team or use that three-pick to get Anthony Davis. And I think the Knicks also have to hold off on trading. Don't trade this pick early. Because everyone keeps telling me Durant's coming, Kyrie's coming. Until they have officially signed a piece of paper, that's just speculation. 
players, they can be swayed. LeBron James, before he went to Miami, he has said he did not 100% know his decision until about 24 hours out. He was wavering. Players, their minds can change, and I just said this about Kevin Durant. If it doesn't go well in the first couple games, he comes back, he's the hero for the Warriors. Why would he leave? He could get more money with Golden State. He's getting a brand new arena next year. He's got a great coach. And he might say, you know what? LeBron James doesn't look like he's winning any more titles anytime soon. What if I can win five, six, seven championships? You don't think that's going to help for his legacy? So I saw this report, I just think, the Knicks, if they're serious, I don't understand what they're doing. I really don't. I mean, I understand that nothing's set in stone, and these are babies coming out. They're going to take three or four years just to get their feet wet in the NBA. But Barrett is a talented player. Barrett is a talented player. And there's three great players in this draft, and the Knicks have a chance to get one of them. And if you trade out, that is going to be a huge mistake. The only way you trade out is if you get Anthony Davis or you get a superstar with that draft pick, which to me is going to be Anthony Davis. I mean, seriously, I, I don't know why the Knicks would be saying this. I don't know if they're just trying to get more leverage to trade that pick to the Pelicans, but if they're seriously talking to getting the 8th and 10th pick of the draft, okay, so you get Kyrie, but you don't get Durant. So it's going to be Kyrie and a bunch of unproven young kids. It's going to be a worse version of the Celtics because the Celtics believe has some players and a great head coach. The Knicks don't have that. So I don't know what if this report is true, what the Knicks are thinking. I think Barrett's a very good player. He, to me, fits the mold of what this league is shifting to. And look, I like Morant a lot, but to me... I think long-term, I'd rather have Barrett because he's more of a shooter. He's more of a perimeter guy, and this is a perimeter league now. I think he will shift and fit this league better off, and he might make a better impact than Zion, not in terms of the highlights and not in terms of you know the notoriety and the exposure, but I think Barrett can come in and be a guy, even in his first year, that could give you a solid 18 to 20 points a night. And he could be a guy that's a high 20 guy at some point in his career. But even as a rookie, he is a scorer, and he's a shooter. So why the Knicks would give away a talented player like that, I, I, I don't know. I, Once again, there's a reason why the Knicks are in this position. It's because you're like, what are they thinking? And this is another situation where I'm going, man, if the Knicks do this and they pull the trigger, they're just getting a bunch of guys. And a bunch of guys... They're not winning at the Garden because they've had a bunch of guys for 20 years and it's been a disaster. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here. Of course, we'll have more coverage of the NBA Finals as we move forward and the NHL Finals as well. Make sure you listen wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest content. Also, you can always check out our social media, Rich Sports Talk, Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, on Facebook. But until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.